Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, what is going on, Laker fans? Appreciate you guys tuning in. One straight hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Uh, we got a lot to get into. It's like a therapy session right now for Lakers basketball. I think everybody would agree with that. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. Trevor Lane, the Lakers Nation, is going to join us in about a half hour. We'll talk about the state of Lakers basketball, some of the comments, of course, uh, what we make of LeBron and, and his patience level right now with this roster and this team. The Anthony Davis injury I don't think is being talked about enough. He's questionable for tomorrow's game. But um, missing a game and clearly not looking like himself in the Rockets game is concerning. Um, I thought that matchup was a little interesting yesterday, right? DeJounte Murray, D'Angelo Russell, uh, which of those two players you'd prefer? Uh, Woj, we got some good sound from him. Michael Wilbon, uh, some good stuff there as far as talking Lakers basketball. And, of course, we're going to preview the rest of the week. Lakers are still at Boston and at the Knicks on Saturday. So it's only going to get a little bit tougher for the Lake Show. If you guys want to be a part of the show, um, you know, I- I'm happy to take calls uh, for Lakers Talk, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. It could be on a specific topic that I'm hitting on or it's a, a topic that interests you. Uh, feel free to call in at any time. All right, let's 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 talk about what's going on with the Lakers right now. What is going on with the Lakers right now? You know, part of me... I don't really care so much. I'm, I'm lying when I say this because I do care. When a loss happens, it's like, all right, is what it is. L's are going to come during the season. I think for the Lakers, the problem is uh, you're 10 and 15 in your last 25 games. That's since the in-season tournament. You finish the month of January where this was supposed to be a month that you actually gained ground and you went backwards. But losses happen. It's the type of losses that I think tell a bigger story for the Lakers. Who are you losing to? Do you feel like the team is fighting? Do you feel like there's a connection between the coaches, the players, when it's out on the court, everyone at least, not telling you it's going to be perfect, but you shouldn't be questioning certain things that are on the floor, questioning the effort, or questioning if everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction. What the hell's going on with the Lakers right now? Um, they're not just losing games. A, they're losing to bad teams. And let me emphasize, they are also a bad team, average at best. So let, let me, you know, I, I don't want to pretend like because they lost to a team that's below 500, it's a debacle because they're certainly not the Nuggets or the Thunder or the Timberwolves or the Celtics or the Bucks. They're not anywhere near what the elite teams are in the NBA. But, they lose a game to the Houston Rockets, who were three games below 500, and it was never a game at one point down 30. Okay, how are you going to respond the next night when you get embarrassed against the Houston Rockets? Um, how are you going to respond the next night? Are you going to show a different type of pride? Are you going to show a different type of um, focus? Are you going to show a different type of fight? No, you're going to play the Atlanta Hawks on the road at one point be down 20 
give up 138 point to the uh, 138 points to the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to end up losing by 16 and never really be in the game. It was almost, you know, for two games in a row to see this six-game road trip for the Lakers, those were two of the games, plus the Golden State Warriors, that you thought, all right, if you're going to stack up a couple wins here, it's got to be against those teams because that schedule is only going to get tougher. Four of the six games that you were going to play on this six-game road trip, four of those teams are below 500. LeBron said it yesterday. We can beat anybody on any given night. We could also get our asses kicked by anyone on any given night. And I lean more towards the latter answer because the beat anyone, okay, yeah, you got a couple of wins. Or you're like, all right, hey, you beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cool. Got that one against the Clippers, the 106-103 win. But what's happening much more for the Lakers is losing than it is beating any team on any given night. Do I think they're going to beat the Boston Celtics tomorrow? Someone explain to me why I would think that. Why would I think that? Are they going to beat the Knicks coming up on Saturday? What would make you think that they're going to beat the Knicks or the Boston Celtics? This team? This team that's coming out every single night, and I got no idea which team is showing up. None. I got no idea what team is going to show up on any given night. I know they could lose by 25. Do you know in their last five games... This is what the Lakers, from a defensive standpoint, has given up in their last five games. 127 against the Clippers. 132 against the Bulls. 144 against the Warriors. That's a double OT game. 135 to the Houston Rockets. And the Atlanta Hawks put up 138 yesterday. I I don't see much fight from this team. I don't see this team having an identity. Do you remember this, that Darvin Ham had talked about this a couple different times? He said that part of the reason why he was changing up the starting lineup, he reached the point, I think it was when they took D'Lo out of the starting lineup, he said that we're trying to, we want an identity. If we're going to have an identity, the closest thing to an identity that they could have is be a defensive team. That was the idea and the concept of they're going to create an identity that's obviously incredibly important. You have to have an identity in the NBA, even if you're not a good team. Atlanta's not a good team. I know what their identity is. They're going to try to outscore you. Um, uh, pick any team in the league. The Clippers, not the best defensive team. They're okay on defense, but damn, do they have a potent offense. They got guys, they have an identity. What's the Lakers' identity? What's the Lakers' identity? If I, if I said, tell me what the Lakers, when you, when you think of Lakers basketball this year, What's their identity? I don't think anybody has a good answer. I really don't. I don't think there's a good answer out there. What's the identity of the Los Angeles Lakers? I almost want to just leave it blank. What night is it? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure what night it is to tell you what identity the Lakers are going to have. Um, that's been the most most frustrating part about uh, about watching the Lakers right now. I don't know what the solution is. I thought the stuff just. Again, all we got to do is just look at yesterday's game. There's the portion of losing, and then it's how you lose. Since December 12th, they're 10 and 15. So this isn't like they're having a bad week, a bad couple of weeks, a bad month. It's a month and a half of bad basketball. I keep hearing Byron Scott say it on Spectrum when they're doing their post-game broadcast. Byron Scott keeps saying, guys, this is... Let's stop being surprised. This is who they are. This is exactly who they are. You don't play almost 50 games and have any surprises of who this team is, unless you make some changes to your roster, unless unless there are significant changes. This is basically who you are.
I heard some people say, yeah, well, Anthony Davis was injured yesterday. Anthony Davis has played 46 of 49 games. How about the other 46 games? You know, and I'm not, this isn't a, oh, well, it's AD's fault. That's not my point. My point is, is that even when AD's in there, they're still struggling. They're still giving up a lot of points. They're still inconsistent. They're still losing to any team that's out there on their schedule. So, um, overall for the Lakers, not really many positive things to talk about. There really isn't. Next couple of games for the Lakers. Boston has the best record in the NBA. And then the New York Knicks may be the hottest team in the league. They've won eight games in a row in nine of ten. And yes, Julius Randle is out. Doesn't matter. They're still winning. That's a team that has an identity. The Celtics have an identity. Lakers don't. They just don't. Um, okay. Uh, I, I hate to kind of bash on the Lakers as much as I just did, but just speaking the truth, it's not like I'm saying anything we all, we don't already know. Um, this is what Lakers basketball is right now. And the only way that changes is it's up to all those players in that locker room. It's up to the coaching staff and it's up to the front office if they want to make some type of a change before February 8th. And if that change doesn't come, then it's up to your roster. And, um, again, I don't think much is going to change. I think this is who they are. I heard a lot of people in the past talking about how, well, they can still be so dangerous. All they got to do is get in. Um, first off, they got to get in. And second, they're not guaranteed to get out of even that playing tournament. So they got a lot of work to do before uh, at least convincing someone like myself that they could be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I, I think that is comical when I hear that argument. Uh, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Man, I got the uh, NBA League Pass here. And um, you know what I'm watching? Funch DeAndre, guess guess what I'm watching right now? What do you guys think I'm watching right now? I'm watching good basketball. That's what I'm watching. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching the Thunder versus the Denver Nuggets. It's 101 to 97. I haven't seen good basketball since. When's the last time I said the Lakers when they started? When the in-season tournament end? I think that's December, the last time. December, mid-December. Okay, December 12th is the last time I watched good basketball. I thought you were going to say you watched the Survivor or something. No, no, no. I'm watching good basketball because you know what's not on? Uh, for the, for at least a lot of Laker fans here in LA. We haven't seen good basketball in a while. Those are two good teams playing right there. Um, okay. I know we got a lot of people that want to talk Lakers basketball. Let's take some of these calls here. Um, I want to get through as many of these as I can. Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation is going to join us in about 10 minutes. Let's go with Daniel from Santa Monica. Daniel, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, what's going on, Steve? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. Um, you know, look, for, uh, you know, 
basically rookie head coach, you know, doesn't doesn't look like he knows what he's doing, you know, sure that doesn't help, but you know, I think a lot of this kind of goes on, you know, old man Palenka, you know, like won a championship in 2020, mm-hmm. sure he puts together a great roster, okay, blow it up, gets swept out of the playoffs last year, and basically keep everyone, you know, keep the core together, it just doesn't, we never addressed what really, you know, it doesn't work, right, we had a nice run, right, I think it was just new in the league, you know, last year, we made those trades, it got exposed in the playoffs, we got swept, and we never really dealt with the D-Lo thing. So I've been kind of scratching my head since the beginning of the season, just kind of waiting for this to happen. Really nice if we could have, like, a Dory, Dorian Finney-Smith and Bruce Brown. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, Daniel, I appreciate you calling in. So I'll push back a little bit. I think when the Lakers one, once the Lakers won the championship, uh, it's fair to say, why the hell are you messing with that roster? At the time, Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Marcus All, I think there were some people that were like, no, no, hey, I think these are some upgrades. It didn't work out, not because of the roster changes. Anthony Davis got injured in the playoffs when the Lakers were up 2-1 against the Phoenix Suns. And frankly, I don't know if we'll ever know if um, if that roster was going to work or it wasn't. But it's okay. If you want to lean more towards... No, it wasn't going to work. Why are you changing it? Why are you why are you trying to fix something that's not broken fair? In the off season, I will tell you, with all my interaction with Laker fans, every Laker fan out there was saying, "Keep the roster as is, build some continuity." And I thought Palenka, even if you didn't think this was going to be the roster that would be, uh, uh, you know, your championship run after February eighth, after the trade deadline, every contract that he had, you're like, okay, hey, if they need to make changes, they can. And that's the position that we're in. What I didn't know is Austin Reeves was going to be this inconsistent. Rui Hachimura, I'm sorry. Um, I get it. The man has been in and out of the lineup. He's been the most inconsistent player the Lakers have had, and it's not talked enough about. D'Angelo Russell just went through a seven-game stretch where he was fantastic, but it's not like he was balling out in all these other games. I don't even the role players. I think they, they, they went backwards. I don't feel like they went forward. So what they do moving forward here. I'm not 100% sure whether they make a move or they don't, uh, but this roster clearly doesn't look like it's good enough. Let's go to Larry from Larry in Temecula. What's going on, Larry? Hey, how are you? So, yeah, I, you know, you were asking before, do the Lakers have an identity? And you just said it. They're consistently inconsistent. That's their identity. And beyond that, um, Darvin Ham, he might be a great guy, but I think he was a little over his head when he got this job and, he really hasn't sort of grown into it. I don't think it appears as though he's lost his team. The team is um, very predictable on offense. Um, it's either, you know, pick and roll, the same pick and roll, or just put everybody behind the arc and let them shoot away. And defensively, they've just kind of lost their way. They're just they're consistently inconsistent. And they need to ch- – I don't care who they trade for. They need to change coaches. I mean, th- this guy – he just he cannot coach this team. It's it's just obvious. Larry, I appreciate I, I appreciate you I appreciate you calling in. I want I want to get in a couple more of these calls and I want to react real quick to what you just said. Um, consistently inconsistent, absolutely. They don't have an identity, absolutely. And if Darvin Ham's identity was supposed to be we're going to be a defensive minded team, it ain't happening. It's not working. Um, yeah, this been this been a really bad stretch for Darvin Ham as well. You know, I, I know about 30 days ago or so, um, there was a lot of conversation and chatter. Hey, is there, what was that report that came out from the athletic, 
Um, not everybody happy with the rotations, this, that. And that became public, and he was being asked those questions right in the middle of the start of that homestand to start the uh, the new year. As we sit here today, that's a bad look. How can it not be? And everybody gets some of that blame. Darvin Ham's not to if, – if anybody's walking away right now talking Lakers basketball and you're not pointing the finger or at least some of the blame on Darvin Ham, then you're not watching enough Lakers basketball. There's not enough adjustments. I think there's uh, too many times where, hey, we got a plan A, but where's plan B, C, D, and E? Um, you got to be getting the best out of your players. Do you feel like these guys are coming out every single night and the, the win or lose, the fight's going to be there? I, I don't see that every night. Um, so I think that part is uh, fair as well. Lakers Talk is presented by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Um, all right, let me sneak one more call in here real quick. Let's... Uh, Let's go out to Chris from Anaheim. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Slee. What's good? Thanks for taking my call. Got it, man. Um, basically, I just wanted to talk about uh, kind of like what you said about the identity. I hate that Ham is kind of getting away saying that, you know, we're a defensive-minded team. He's a defensive coach. But I think what's happening is we have defensive players that are good. You know, AD and Vanderbilt. I mean, great, you know, great D. But, like, we have great left, but he's not putting in, in positions to actually compete. And he's, you know, I feel like he keeps saying that every, you know, every time he talks about the team, physicality and all of this, like he's not using physicality, he's not using length, none of that. And it's just kind of frustrating. So, Well, I, I appreciate and And listen, I don't think any of this is going to get quieter on the conversation with Darvin Ham. The more the Lakers lose, look, whether you thought the Lakers were going to win a championship this year or not, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. So they certainly made some noise, and then the expectations were, okay, let's build off of it. And it's impossible not to be talking about your head coach in uh, when you're in a, I don't want to call it a free fall, but 138, you lose by 16 to the Hawks. You give up 135. You were down by 30 at one point to the Rockets. The one win that you do have on this road trip was against the Warriors. It was a one-point game, double overtime. What are the Warriors? They're four games below 500. So um, things aren't trending in the right direction. It's impossible in any sport not to look at your coach when things are not going well. And, and right now, things are not going well for the Lakers. Um, okay. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to uh, come join us here uh, next. There's uh, We're asking him a lot of these questions. He interacts with a lot of Lakers fans as well through uh, the YouTube channel and his podcast and everything else that he does. So we'll talk to Trav coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Okay, whether you're heading... This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, Lakers taking on the Boston Celtics tomorrow. Not exactly the best timing. Celtics, uh, best record in the NBA. Lakers, yeah, they're, uh, they're also playing basketball right now, 24 and 25 on the season. Uh, I want to welcome in a, a close friend of mine and somebody that does a fantastic job, uh, covering the Lakers. Trevor Lane, uh, host of Lakers Nation, also does the front office show on YouTube. Uh, Trev, uh, thank you for taking the time, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Alan. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Okay, well, let me, um, I think you're lying to me. Uh, they're 24 and 25. I know you watch a lot of Lakers basketball. Come on, tell me the truth here. How are you doing over there? Alan, I, I was not doing well this morning, but I went through my process. I got some exercise today, and then it's a now I feel a little bit better. But you're there right. You it, has been, it has been tough, that's for sure. Good for you. All right, good. Um, let, let me ask you this, and, and you have as much interaction with Laker fans literally as anybody in the business um are what where is where is a lot of the energy right now going from a frustration perspective is there where is the the volume the loudest is it at the front office is it at individual players is it as at Lakers head coach Darvin Ham um, where do you feel like, I think anytime something's going wrong, somebody wants to point the finger somewhere of all the options to point the finger at right now, where in, in your eyes are most Laker fans more, most frustrated? It's, it's with Darvin Ham. There's no question. He's the one that's taking most of the heat out there in the fan base. People are frustrated with the rotations, with the starting lineup, with the schemes, with all sorts of things going on right now. So it's, it's definitely Darvin that's drawing the ire of most Lakers fans. I'm the first one that says, you know, hey, look, to have a season this rough, you've got to have multiple things going on. It's not just one person's fault, but it, a lot of it is right now being directed at, at Darvin with the assumption that a different coach would probably get a different different result. Uh, what, what fair, um, or you think this is just the nature of coaching the Lakers? Um is this just the nature of any business where if the team's not going going good or not doing good, uh, the scapegoat's always going to be the coach? What, where, where do you kind of stand on that? You know, I think it's all of the above, and that sounds like a, like a cop-out or something. But I, I think that part of it is just with the Lakers, that pressure is always going to be there. The expectations were high coming into the season. So if something doesn't go, go well, then there's going to have to be somebody to point the finger at. That said – Darvin's done a lot of stuff that's been pretty hard to explain. The lack of timeout usage, the bizarre lineups and rotations are out there, the advanced analytics all showing that certain lineups are working and then those lineups not being used. Um, so there's a lot of frustration with them out there. And again, I, I don't think it's not justified. I do think all that other stuff is a factor that magnifies it, but I think there's been a lot that he can justifiably be criticized for this season. Uh, Trevor Lane taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talk. Lakers got another game coming up against the Boston Celtics. It's the third game of a six or the fourth game of a six game road trip for the Lake Show. Um, Trev, what'd you make of, you know, last night wasn't just a regular L. You lost a game and hey, let's move on. It happens all the time. Yesterday was 
the second of a back-to-back. It was another blowout loss. It was DeJounte Murray, a name that we've heard rumored around the Lakers now for probably about a month or so. It was a weird interaction with Christian Wood and whether he was tweeting and laughing at the starting lineup and he was saying he wasn't. It was Braun with the hourglass later, you know, whatever you want to interpret from that. Do you agree that yesterday was not just your, hey, we lost a game, let's move on to tomorrow? Um, it was maybe a new low, you want to call it, but um, I feel like there was a lot of storylines that don't typically come with just one loss in the NBA standings. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot swirling around this team right now, and part of what made that loss so damaging was because you had lost the night before, and and so you, and then decided to play. And this is again you know, going back to Darvin Ham. You decided to play LeBron 37 minutes and a blowout loss, so then he's gassed the next night. Same thing with D'Angelo Russell, played 41 minutes. But you're right, all the other stuff going on around the team. The the tweet from Christian Wood, which he he explained it. I don't necessarily buy the explanation, but he explained it. Um, then you've got LeBron with the hourglass thing. We've got the trade deadline that's just over a week away right now. And there's a lot going on around here. We've been hearing for a while now that players aren't happy. There's a disconnect between the coaching staff and, and the players. And you just look at the body language out there on the floor. It looks like there's frustration. Something is is not right. And I, I, I'm hoping that that can get fixed sometime this season. I do think that this is still a, a talented bunch, but, Something's not right right now, Alan, and I think that last night's game was an indication that, that yeah, these things are not getting better currently. How, how did you interpret the hourglass from LeBron? I mean, listen, the guy he knows what he's doing. He doesn't do things just to do them. Um, whether you like it or not, there's a underlying message with pretty much everything that he does. I think a lot of the stuff that he does is calculated, and that didn't start yesterday. That's, I think, been for the most part of his career when you see that, what, what do you take from it? You know, he can he can say, and I'm sure we'll hear from him tomorrow, uh, but he can say whatever it is, that whatever explanation he wants for it. But I, I took it two ways. I took it, he's 39 years old. There's only so much time left in his career. I also took it as the trade deadline is next week. And if you saw what happened in last night's game, I mean, there was a play where LeBron made a chase with, with his, uh, his classic chase down block. And the Hawks just grabbed the, the rebound and dunked it because none of his Lakers teammates ran down the floor to help him. And that's not to say that LeBron is always the guy hustling because there's moments where he doesn't too, where he sure. doesn't close out on guys. But still, I thought that was just an indication of, of things that are not right within this team right now. And so he's saying, hey, look, the trade deadline's a week away. This is not working. We need to uh, adjust some things here. The clock is ticking. We've got till next Thursday. Something has to change. Uh, you know, on, on that front, um, I, you know, part of me, and I, I still think because LeBron is playing where he is, he's got obviously a, a player option by the end of this year. And um, look, LeBron's going to have as much power as anybody in any sport until he's not putting up the numbers that he is. And who would have thought he's still doing it at 39, but he still is. What are of, of some of the options out there? I know one option is, hey, go try to make a move. Uh, can they go get DeJounte Murray? But I've also heard another option, don't do anything. And if you don't do anything, you keep – now you have three first-round picks for the summer. 
You could maybe go some big game hunting. You got contracts on there that are definitely tradable within your um, within uh, uh, your roster. Is that something that's attractive to you, or are you? No, if I can make a move this year, I'm still trying to make a move before February eighth. If I can make a move this year and I get a guy who's in his twenties, yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. I think I think you do it because you give this team a shot at things without necessarily taking away too much from your future. Now, if you go get like a 34, 35, whatever he is, Boyan Bogdanovich, that's a different story, right? That's a, hey, we got to win this season. I think you get a guy, if you go get somebody who's in their 20s, you're fine. And you can, you can still use that player well into the future, have him be part of your future, all of that. Uh, as far as just holding on to the picks, though, for the summer, you just, you never know. You never, like right now, this trade deadline, let's face it, it's kind of underwhelming in terms of impact players that are out there on the market. Like DeJounte Murray is the guy. We heard Lowry marketing a little bit, but he's not really available. There's no, there's no big time star that's out there on the market right now. Maybe that changes over the summer, but there's no guarantee that's going to. And then even if it does, there's no guarantee the Lakers will even have the assets to go get that player. Not when you've got teams out there like OKC that have all of the draft picks. And there's other teams that have been stockpiling picks as well. So the Lakers are going to be in a tough spot, even if a star does come on the market. So I would say if there's a player out there that you think can make a difference right now and can be part of your team moving forward, somebody you want to commit to, like a DeJounte Murray, go get it done now. Go get the deal done. See if you can make another run this year, because not only are you helping out the team this season and maybe giving them a puncher's chance of doing something with a healthy LeBron and AD come playoff time, but you're also probably doing something that's going to help convince LeBron to stick around next this coming summer when he's got a player option. That's something we got to keep an eye on as well. Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talk. You know, Trev, I was having the conversation a little bit earlier, and I talk about it when I'm doing my show in the morning with Travis. I'm with you. I'm a proponent of, no, make a deal now if you can make one. And I, let, let's use DeJounte Murray as an example. I'm a fan of his game, and I wouldn't mind seeing DeJounte on the Lakers for three, four years, right? That The fact that he has an extension for four years after this, the fact that he is 27 years old. I'm not saying put all your stock into what you saw yesterday, but a smooth player can create for himself, can help others. Um and, and listen, there are a lot of also a lot of Laker fans that over the course of a couple of weeks maybe change, changed their tune on D'Angelo Russell because he was on such a heater, just had unbelievable numbers. Are you a proponent of that trade specifically? That and I know there's, uh, it seems like it's at a stalemate right now. We'll see if it gets. And typically this happens. Let's wait closer to the trade deadline. Both teams are going to see the Hawks are going to see if they can get a better offer. Lakers are going to see if they can hold out a little bit. What have you thought of DeJounte Murray and how he would fit with the Lakers? You know, I, I think he'd be a good fit. Not necessarily a perfect fit. He's historically not a great three-point shooter, and that's something that you need. Now, he's shooting well from three this season. We all know what's going to happen as soon as he puts on a Lakers jersey. That Lakers tax is going to kick in, and his, and his three-point percentage is going to drop like five or six percent. But I like DeJounte Murray's game a lot. I think he does offer the speed and quickness that they're looking for in the backcourt. 27 years old. He's a guy that can be part of your future, locked up long-term on a deal that I think is pretty team-friendly, unlike, say, Zach Levine. I think DeJounte Murray has a contract that's going to hold value. So if you get in a pinch a few years from now where suddenly you need to really do a, uh, a full rebuild, I think he's a guy that you'd be able to flip and recoup some draft capital assets uh, in another trade down the line. Not that that's the path you want to go down, but having that kind of flexibility is important, too, and I think his contract does offer that. So 
I like the trade a lot. I also like D'Angelo Russell a lot. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind the Lakers keeping him. I just wish his contract wasn't what it was. His contract though says you have to explore the market. And if there's a good deal out there like a DeJounte Murray trade, you gotta do it and give yourself some certainty moving forward. You got some uh some concerns over Anthony Davis uh, missing yesterday's game and um we saw him against the Houston Rockets where he certainly didn't look like himself. I mean, he's played 46 of the 49 games he's been available. I don't want to hear any Laker fans complaining about Anthony Davis this year, and I don't think they are. I think he's been consistent, he's been available, and he's done everything he can to help the Lakers. But even with that, their game below 500 with AD on the floor as much as he has, um, just the, the, the bumps and bruises, you have some concern there with Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, you always got to be concerned if Anthony Davis is a little banged up. Now, he's been remarkably consistent, as you said, this season, but, boy, do they need him. Their defense has been struggling. You look at the number of points they've given up over the last five, six games, they're regularly dropping, having teams drop more than 126, 127. Some teams getting 138 the other night for the Hawks. You're just giving up way too many points, and the solution is not going to come with Anthony Davis off the floor. They need him on the floor and playing like he can play. So if he's banged up, he's not 100%. That's going to be a big, big problem for this Lakers team. So they definitely need him out there. And hopefully this hip thing, whatever it is, if it's a re-aggravation, hopefully this uh, heals up quickly because things are going to get tough really fast if they don't have him. Trev, a couple NBA questions I want to throw your way. I'm looking here at the NBA standings and, and just paying attention to the Western Conference. So Oklahoma City beat Denver a little bit earlier. The game just ended maybe 10 minutes ago or so. Minnesota and OKC are one and two. And this isn't, you know, we're not 20 games in, and this is what the standings are. They've been basically one and two in the Western Conference the entire year. Um, How much do you believe in those two teams? I think, you know, I've already heard people say, oh, you know, Lakers will love to play the Thunder if they can in the first round because – they beat them in the regular season, and, and that experience isn't there. Do you think, and I, I know these two teams, I don't want to group them together, but because it is Minnesota and Oklahoma City, are those, do you feel like those are, they can be teams to reckon with in the Western Conference, or do you feel, you know what, no, if they went up against a Denver or a Clippers, you would be favoring other teams before them? You know, I, I think I probably would favor other teams before them because the the playoff experience, it does matter. We've seen that historically. You have to take your lumps in the playoffs before you finally break through. But that doesn't mean these guys don't have a shot. That doesn't mean they're not very good teams. I think the Thunder are going to be a problem for years to come now. They've got a great young team set up, and they've got all the draft capital in the world to do whatever they want mm. out on the trade market. So they're going to be very good moving forward. I think Minnesota – has been great. These were two teams that I had circled as teams that were going to be on the rise that I thought were going to be better than projected this year. I didn't expect them to be one, two, but I had them in my top five. I thought these were teams that were, that were going to be very, very good this season, uh, especially defensively. You look at what Minnesota can do there. They are fantastic. So I would definitely not count them out. I would not pick them to, to beat the Nuggets in, in a playoff series because experience does matter, but could they give them a run? Absolutely. Could they win? You know, three out of ten times, sure, I think they could. I think they have a real shot at beating some of these teams because they are that good, they are that talented, and it just goes to show how deep the West is because you've got these teams, Minnesota, OKC, teams that historically have not been great, and here they are. They're on the rise, and they're uh, they're looking very, very serious right now. 
Trev, final one for you, and uh, and we'll let you go. And always appreciate the time, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. You got two games left on this road trip for the Lakers, and I guess part of this is going to be a conversation about the Eastern Conference as well. Um, Boston best record in the NBA. The Knicks thirty-one and seventeen. Um, they've won eight games in a row. They've won nine of ten. So it's been impressive to see what they've been doing. Your thoughts on these next two games for the Lakers? And, uh, and also just your thoughts of what you make of the Eastern Conference. So much shifting and moving. You got Pascal Siakam now on the Pacers. OG Ananobi ends up with the Knicks. The Bucks, uh, hire a new head coach in Doc Rivers. Just your overall thoughts on the East. So, uh, in terms of the, the Lakers next two games here, I think this is why losing both games in the back to back is so damaging is now you go play Boston, you go play New York, you're going to be probably the heavy underdog in both. You're definitely going to be an underdog, but probably heavy underdog in both games. Both teams are playing great basketball right now. So that's a tough way to close out your road trip when you just lost the games that you probably should have won when you were looking ahead on the schedule. You dropped those two games, and now you got to go play the tough one. That's, that's going to be really rough on the Lakers and in their standings. But uh, as far as the East goes, I sure hope that Indiana makes a push up. Uh, you know, Cleveland's been playing really good basketball. New York's been playing great basketball as well. What I'd like to see, because right now it feels like it's the Celtics, and then there's a little bit of a drop, and then there's Milwaukee. Sometimes Philly is up there with Milwaukee. And then after that, it's kind of like New York and Cleveland, everybody else. I'd like to see the Pacers, the Cavs, the Knicks, the Sixers, if they can get consistent. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, Joel Embiid is okay. Got an injury last night. And then, of course, the Bucs. I want to see as many teams in the East pile it up towards the Celtics so it's not Boston and then a big gap. Yeah. I don't want to see the Celtics cruise through the playoffs this year. I want to see them really challenged. And uh, in order for that to happen, some of these Eastern Conference teams really need to step up. Unfortunately, it looks like Cleveland and uh, New York are doing that right now. We'll see if they make some moves in the trade deadline. But, man, any – Anything at this point to avoid a Celtics finals, Alan, that's that's what I'm looking for. We just need Celtics Miami again, one verse eight. That's all we need. I think that's uh, that's a realistic one there. Um, Trav, brother, I appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time and, and hanging out and t- talking Lakers basketball, so thank you for doing it. Hey, no problem, Alan. Thank you for having me. All right, that's uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Uh, got some final thoughts when we come back. I still want to play that sound from Michael Wilbon, and uh, Woj has some thoughts about the trade deadline as well around the Lakers. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Okay, I've mentioned a... All right, shout-out. Thank you to uh, Trevor Lane for joining the show. Appreciate all the callers that called in a little bit earlier to talk Lakers basketball. Hopefully we got some better days ahead of us. Um, I want to play some sound here. Uh, Woj was on... Uh, NBA today, and he's talking about the NBA trade deadline. He's specifically talking about the Lakers. Take a quick listen. I, I think it's some interesting, interesting stuff from Woj. They're a team like many others who are trying to improve without a lot of difference makers really available in the marketplace. Players who are really going to move the needle for a team. You know, certainly they saw one of those players in Atlanta this week, DeJounte Murray. Uh, he remains available with uh, the Hawks. The Lakers and Hawks, they have talked about a potential DeJounte Murray deal, uh, but those talks have not really moved along. And I'm told that you know Atlanta has wanted you know Austin Reeves in a deal. The Lakers are not willing to put him in there. You can expect as we get closer to the deadline next week, 
Atlanta will start to get better offers from teams. This is a deadline-driven league, and teams typically hold off on their best offers. That's why you see so much action closer to that trade deadline uh, on Thursday. And certainly I think the Hawks will be active, continue to be active with DeJounte Murray. And I think it's very likely they could talk to the Lakers again. Uh, but you look elsewhere with L.A., Bruce Brown's a player in Toronto now that they've had interest in all the way back to his free agency this summer. Uh, Bruce Brown in Indiana before he was traded as part of the Pascal Siakam deal. Uh, that's a player that I think the Lakers, the Knicks, and some others have a lot of interest in. But I think, I think Laker fans and players and the organization probably have to temper their expectations on this trade deadline. The Lakers could trade one first-round pick right now, but when they get to June before the draft, around the draft, then they'll be able to put three picks, three future picks into deals. Their best bet might be to wait. I know a lot of Laker fans don't want to hear that, but you look in the marketplace right now, there are so few difference makers available. Yeah, Woj is exactly right on that. I don't think any Laker fan wants to hear it. And listen, if that's the reality and the Lakers don't make a trade by by February 8th, then that's the reality. Um, at least we'll have some clarity and you won't have to, you know, sit here on a night in, night out basis asking, is that going to happen? Is this going to happen? Uh, either way, that's something that we're going to find out here over time. Um, okay. What the Lakers got coming up rest of the week looks like this at Boston on Thursday, tomorrow, 37 and 11 are the Boston Celtics. They're 22 and two at home. The good news is they just lost both of those home games recently. They lost a game against Denver by two, 102 to 100. They got blown out by the Clippers at home, 115 to 96. That was uh, within the last week or so. And then the other game that I mentioned, the Knicks, Saturday. Knicks playing some really, really good basketball. Um, They have, I think I mentioned they've won nine of their last ten games. Jalen Brunson. Baller. I think he should have been an all-star starter, in my opinion. Uh, OG Ananobi fitting in really nice. Um, kind of go down the list of this team. I, I know Julius Randle no longer on, or I'm sorry, uh, Julius Randle out because of an injury. That's a big piece that's missing. Still winning games. Still sitting in a position where even without Randle's 24 points and 9 rebounds, Still winning games, like I mentioned. So, uh, it, it's not going to get any easier for the Lakers. Um, I think something to keep in mind as well. Anthony Davis is listed as questionable for tomorrow. Uh, so is LeBron James. Does that mean anything? Or is Anthony Davis coming back and we don't have anything to worry about? That's the hope. That's what everybody is hoping for, but we'll have to wait and see. I thought just real quick, last second here on this, DeJounte Murray and D'Lo. I really like DeJounte Murray's game yesterday. I think he's a very, very smooth player. Would love to see him as a Laker. We'll see if the Lakers are able to make that happen. Um, quick shout-out here, as always. Uh, thank you to uh, Mario Ruiz, Funches, DeAndre, everybody working there in the back. I'll be back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers in the morning, and then I'll uh, be ready for the pregame show, getting you ready for the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. LA, as always, thank you, and have a great rest of your night.